When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into the Nats Insider Podcast. Another week, another podcast for you, and another chance to go down into the Nationals minor league ranks. Dan Kolko with you. We're going to cover the Harrisburg Senators today from a couple different perspectives. Going to get you thoughts from the Senators manager, Trip Keister, who is one of the nicest guys you'll ever come across. And we'll get you... Thoughts from the broadcast booth. Terry Byram has been the radio voice of the Harrisburg Senators since the Nationals came to D.C. back in 2005. So um, had a good time catching up with Terry and with Tripp to talk about this year's Senators roster, the strong start that they've gotten off to, and just some perspectives on minor league life and getting a chance to see guys make their way through the national system and then make their way up to the big leagues where we've all watched them have success over the last handful of years. So good good episode for you today on the Nats Insider Podcast. We'll also play my interview with Nationals closer Tanner Rainey. Had a chance to catch up with Tanner last week and talk about his emergence this year, stepping into the closer's role, something that he's dreamed of for a long time, and what's allowed him physically and mechanically to be in a good position this year. So Good show for you today. Let's dive right in and get to my conversation with Trip Keister. Trip has been in the Nationals organization for a while now, has managed at a variety of different levels, up with the Harrisburg Senators and doing a fantastic job over there. They've got some impressive talent and they're getting off to a good start to the season. It's been fun watching the numbers pile up for some of their position players and a couple good young arms down there as well, including one that we might not have to wait too long to see up here in D.C., and that's Cole Henry. So really good conversation talking with Tripp about a bunch of guys on his roster and uh, the vibe of the team this year. So let's play that interview for you now. Tripp Keister, the manager of the Harrisburg Senators. Tripp, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. Thanks for the uh, the intro. You Obviously, you know how much I, uh, I uh, love you and your work, so uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, love having you on, buddy, um, and great to catch up with you uh, really at any point in the year that we might cross paths, so I'm, I'm really happy we got a chance to do this. Um, let's talk about your ball club, man. You, you guys are off to a, a really solid start. Take me through what's been going well and just the overall vibe of the team. Every year, the vibe is kind of a little different, right? What's what's the 2022 Harrisburg Senators vibe like? You know, having a baseball team and getting them to, to, to play the right way and to, to know what's important takes time. And we don't always get the opportunity because of the, the, uh, the people that, you know, that, that are sent down the AAA or from the big leagues and then AAA kind of the pushback uh, with the rosters at the beginning of, uh, or at the end of camp in spring training. So we don't really get a chance to work with our teams until they, they actually come here for the most part. So um, we've, we've played 15 games. We've played three different teams, two, you know, three different series. 
Um, so getting this, this team to, to kind of gel and, and come together as, uh, you know, certain roles and, and how you're going to, you know, lineups and things like that is, uh, is always a challenge every year to kind of get to know some of the players that you might not have, uh, have known as, as much and been, been around as much in spring training. So that's the fun part of, of, of team building, if you will. Um, there's certain things that we have to do. Obviously our starting rotation is, is, is come, comes down from, from, uh, from, from the front office and DC and the, and the pitching coordinators and the coordinators, but we have some opportunities to, to put guys in roles in the bullpen and, and see what they can do. And that part's been fun. The guys have, have kind of taken to uh, coming together, pulling for each other, all of those things that you talk about it as the team, uh, which are important at every level. Uh, so that has come together nicely. Some of the guys are, 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 uh, are work in progress, obviously offensively getting, getting at bats and getting used to the, you know, from West Palm beach where it was 85 and, and sunny every day. And now we're up here where it's, you know, it's snowed three of our games, you know, it's been snowing for batting practice. So getting used to that and, and kind of getting used to the team and how we're going to do things in the league. And, and that's, that's obviously a, uh, a fluid thing because you send guys up, you send guys down, but that's the fun part of it. And I'm glad that this group has kind of come together and had some success early. And I hope we can keep that going. Trip, let's talk about a couple of the individual guys that you've got. Let, let's start on the position player side of things. Uh, Jake Alou, I, I'm, I'm hearing positive things about this guy, 25 years of age. His numbers to begin the season are solid. Take me through Jake Alou, the ball player, and what, what makes him special. Well, he's a grinder. He comes to play every day. Uh, he, he doesn't know what position he's going to play every day. We're trying to move him around the diamond to, uh, uh, to help his uh, – his career, because that's what he's going to have to do if he gets to the big league. So playing some third, playing some second, we're going to get him out in the outfield. Um, but he hits. Um, he's probably more of a gap power guy. He's uh, he doesn't have a homer yet, but he's he's uh, leading our team uh, with a 308. Uh, he can steal some bases. He's stolen four bases, so he, he he's hitting in the two hole. But he he can move runners. He, he you know he's kind of a throwback where he, he does a lot of things well. Um, and he, he's been a big, uh, uh, reason for our success, especially last week. He had a great week. I think he had a five hit game, had a couple, two, three hit games. So, um, he's been a big part of our success and he, he got here a little bit last year, uh, played probably the last two, three months here and, um, has really, uh, uh, had, had a good start for us this year. Let's talk about Justin Connell. This is an 11th round pick of the organization back in 2017, uh, high school kid who's now 23 years of age, uh, little pop in his bat. It, it seems like based on the numbers, what what can you tell us about Justin Connell? Yeah, he's got he homered in four games last week. Uh, he's a he's a, a high school draft that has kind of been in our organization a while, um, so I've known him a little bit, but I didn't really get to know him until this year um, as a on on the on the on my ball club. So. Uh, he 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 can do some things. He's got some tools. He can run. He he's, he can hit. He can hit for power. He's played some center field. He's played some right field. He's off to a good start. He um, uh, four home uh, four home runs. He hit, I think he hit three last week, back to back games, and uh, hit some big home runs for us last week to help us win a couple of ball games. So um, he's an exciting player. He's a young player that uh, uh, plays with a lot of energy. So. It's been really good to get to know him. He's, he's a work in progress in, in terms of offensively, his approach and coming to play every day. 
uh, as young players sometimes are, but that's our job to, uh, to get him uh, going in the right direction. He's, he's working hard with our, our hitting coach, Micah Franklin, who's been, they do some stuff every day, some extra work every day, and uh, it's paid off for him. Trip, let's go to the pitching side. Uh, I want to talk to you about the guy that you know I, I want to talk to you about. That's Cole Henry. Um, you know, he's been a name that's been rising up the prospect lists for, you know, the last couple of years, 22 years of age, so still pretty young. Um, the, the numbers are, are really good to start the year. When you look at his arsenal, when you look at the way that he uh, kind of comports himself on the mounds, where do you think this guy can go? Well, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. He can be in our rotation uh, here whenever, you know, the big thing for him is keeping him uh, healthy for the season. And I think that's what we've, uh, when, when he's been, uh, you know, on the mound, he's had success. So at every stop. So we, we got to keep him healthy. He is a guy that we, we talk all the time about with his, uh, you know, uh, pre-start routines and making sure he's, he's really getting after it in the, uh, in the weight room and in the, uh, in his routine, whether it's, his throwing program, his conditioning program, his strength, his strength program. So uh, making sure he's prepared to make those, those starts throughout the course of the season. We were talking about a guy, uh, Dan, who, who's commanding a fastball, touches 97. He probably pitches at 95, 96, uh, commands his fastball up and down into both sides. He's got a slider that's, that's swing and miss and for strikes. And his, uh, and his changeup is, uh, is a weapon against he's thrown mostly against left-handers, but he's thrown uh, throwing it against right-hand hitters now too. So um, he, we, we've, we've had him going three innings, a, a start to limit his innings. Uh, I think they're going to uh, start opening that up here soon. And uh, he's been fun to watch. And, and for, for Nats minor league fans and obviously major league fans, uh, he's a guy that uh, you're going to hear his name very, very quickly. Trip, you talk about that between starts routine and and settling into that, getting comfortable with a weight program, with a with a stretching program, with all that needs to happen. You know, from the first day after your start, you flush your system, all that all that stuff. Yeah. You know, how much of that is is um, is a factor in? Yeah, everyone looks at minor league players what they're doing on the field, uh, and I feel like those components can be you know, huge factors in a guy's development as well. How much are you guys trying to coach young players up on those types of things in addition to whatever they're showing between the lines? Yeah, you know, that's probably the bigger part of what we do. Um, so if you look at a pitcher, you know, in college, and, and Cole went to LSU, so in college they were mostly once a week. Now maybe maybe it was different, but they're pr pretty much a, on a, on a seven-day um, you know, uh, program where they're, you know, they, they make their start however many pitches and then they have a week off. Well, we don't have that luxury here. We do, we have a five day uh, and you need to be at your best every, every five days. And, and if you really look at baseball, you need to be at your best when you're probably most tired, which is at the end of the season. And, and you remember the playoff run we made and the, and the, and the ones that we've made, you know, in the, in the, in the past. And that's when guys have to be at their best, especially pitchers. So, your uh, body, you know, from a from a uh, recovery standpoint, from a rest standpoint. So we talk about that all the time, and it's it's that's part of being you know being available is is you know from a position player standpoint. Now that's that's completely different because you're playing every day, your rest, your recovery, your workouts. You've gotta you've gotta be uh, on that uh, uh, every day because otherwise you're just gonna break down. You can't do it. You can't be at your best 
every every day. So from a pitching standpoint, him getting in his routine of of not only throwing but his rest, his recovery, his strength and conditioning, his you know how he approaches his you know the day after his start, the next day with his throwing on the side. And then how, you know, and that's different for each guy. Some guys recover differently. And uh, some guys, you know, some guys, when they, when they uh, learn who they are, they don't, they don't want to throw as much uh, between starts. Some guys like to throw more. So that's all part of us. You know, we, we always listen to the player. There's guidelines if they ask us that we can help them with, but we listen to the player. And obviously that's an individual uh, improvement program that we have with each guy. But with a guy like Cole Henry, when he's been on the field, he's had success. And so tweaking his program between starts is that's, that's really something we're doing now. And, and, and he's bought in, I mean, he's, he's all in on it and he sees the value he understands and, and we really want him to get to, to have success and get up there, you know, get out of here as soon as he can. So that's part of, of his development. Yeah. Trip. It's funny you say that. I mean, I, I was, lucky to be around Max Scherzer for a bunch of years up here. And I, I distinctly remember, I've talked about this once or twice before. Uh, I distinctly remember we were in St. Petersburg playing the Rays. It was a billion degrees outside and it was Max's run day. And he could have easily been inside the trap indoors in 71 degree climate controlled environment, running poles and getting his running in that way. He chose to run outside. And I asked him why after the fact, he said it's because he wanted to train his body to be ready, not only just for the heat that he was going to see in D.C. in the dead of summer, but he wanted to train his body to be ready for the long term and to be there come September, come October. And you're, you're right. Those are the type of things that you, you don't know uh, how to do that until you do it. Right. Like you need to you need to be put through that type of a, a routine and a program. And he, I'm sure he didn't figure that out day one of his minor league career. So it's, it's very much development. Uh, across the board with these young guys, it seems like, in so many different areas. Well, I mean, Dan, successful people in anything have routines that they do, that they stick with, that they, um, you know, in any in any field. So uh, finding a routine that enables you to be successful and, and uh, uh, you learn. And, and look, you tweak your routines. And I think Cole Henry being in big league camp the last two years and being around Max last year and being around Strauss, you know, I, I tell a story all the time about, so Strauss a couple years ago when I was in the Carolina league, he made a couple starts with us. So he had made a start in Potomac. He came to Lynchburg with us. He was going to make a start there. And then he was going to, he flew to New York. Well, the day after his start in Lynchburg, he was flying out to go to meet, to join the team in New York. Well, before he did that, he knew he wasn't going to have time to, to do his throwing program. So he took our pitching coach, Sam Nairn, who's now our pitching coordinator, and they went to the, to the parking lot of the La Quinta and they were throwing, Strauss was doing his throwing program, his long toss and his throwing program, whatever, playing catch, the, his day after routine in the parking lot of the La Quinta in Lynchburg. And I just laughed that people were riding by watching, like, is that looks like Steven Strauss? There we go. Nah, no way, you know, but he needed to get his routine in. And that's, and you, you've been around Strauss enough to know too, man, he, he's a, he's a, a creature of habit, wants to get his throne program and needs to do it. And, and that's what successful people do. They create their routine. They don't, they, they stick to it. Do they need to tweak it? And they're always looking for a better way. You're darn right. They do. But Cole is still, 
a young player learning and, and him being around Max and being around those, those guys that have had success at the, at the highest level, it's only going to make it uh, better for him. But here we are trying to get him to that level. And, and that's obviously part of a, a huge part of our job. So um, yeah, man. And, and look, Cole's a guy that he, he's a very intelligent uh, guy wants to, wants to get better, wants to learn what his routine that works for him. Do I need to back off on my throw and, and get harder on my, in the weight room, or do I need to that blend that mix that has to work for guys? And he, he's still developing that. And quite frankly, that's what we're doing with him. And, and, and his, you know, if you haven't seen him pitch, you will very soon. And he's, he's got a chance to be really special for our, uh, for our big club for, for, for a long time. That's great stuff. Trip Keister, the manager of the Harrisburg Senators, joining me on Nats Insider. Trip, I want to get a couple more quick thoughts for, from you on a couple of your relievers that have been putting up good numbers to begin the year. Matt Brill has six saves for you. Alex Troop is putting up good numbers and has a really good uh, strikeout ratio per nine. Take me through these two guys, Matt Brill 27, Alex Troop 25, uh, and they're putting you know impressive numbers on the page so far. Yeah, those two guys are great to talk about. They're uh, so Matt Bro. We got in as a Rule Five uh, pick in the minor league phase, I believe, uh, from Arizona. Um, came over to us. Uh, has great stuff. Really developed his secondary pitches. Um, probably a little bit more than his fastball. He throws hard, but we needed to to change his fastball characteristics. Uh, we we talked about a two seamer with him in spring training. And uh, because he had not had the two seamer before, uh, he has not he had not had success in uh, with his fastball as much. Uh, more more so, the success had come with his secondary pitches. However, because now he's got a, a two seamer that he's he's really got a lot of confidence in. That's moving. That's really tough on right hand hitters and gets a lot of ground balls with left hand hitters. Now he has he can attack hitters in a different way because he didn't have the great fastball because he was throwing a four seamer in, uh, in Arizona uh, with Arizona. Uh, he had developed his secondary pitches. So now he's got three pitches that he can use at the end of the game. And um, he can attack hitters uh, a variety of ways. Um, when, when his fastball command isn't there, he can attack them with his, with his, uh, his breaking ball and his changeup. And he's really uh, uh, had success uh, early because of the adversity that he had the last couple of years. And it's really been something that that's been great to watch. You can see when he's facing right hand hitters, he has so many ways to attack them. Uh, he has really pitched well for us at the end of the game. Um, and, and it's been great to watch him kind of, you know, we always talk about Dan being the best version of you. And, and as a pitcher, there are so many ways to go about getting three outs. You know, some guys do it with that high fastball and that breaking ball in the dirt. Some guys do it with changeups. Some guys do it a variety of ways. So with command and not the big fastball. So, but Matt can really come at you from a variety of ways, which is, has been uh, a, a big part of his success early here. And I look forward to, obviously he needs that. You need to command your fastball when you get to the highest level. So his fastball command, everything comes with that. So he's, he's been working on his fastball command, but when he doesn't have that fastball command in an outing, he can get guys out in a, in a different way. So that's, that's been a big part of his success. And it's been, it's been really good to watch him feel more confident with his two seam fastball. He doesn't always have his command yet, but uh, that's a work in progress, but that's where, what we're really working on with him. Alex Troop is another guy. 
He doesn't have the big fastball, but he's got deception. He's uh, He's got a funky delivery that hitters don't pick up. Uh, he's probably pitching at 89, 91, you know, pitches at 90. Uh, he'll touch a 92, but he's pitching at 89, 90 more than, more than anything. Uh, got to change up and, and, and breaking ball makes it tough on lefties, but that change up keeps uh, right-hand hitters off his fastball. So he's had a lot of success early. Uh, he's a multiple inning reliever for us right now uh, until his role changes. That's what we've been doing with him. So those two guys have been a big part of our success out of the bullpen and uh, they've, uh, they've, they've been huge for us and come in and got some big outs with runners on base and in, in, in leverage spots. So yeah, big part of our success, those two. Trip Keister, manager of the Harrisburg Senators with me on Nats Insider and Trip, I'll, I'll let you get out of here on this one. I, I've, I've wondered this for a long time. I don't know that I've ever asked you this when, when we've been face to face down in West Palmer, wherever we might uh, cross paths, you know, as a minor league manager, you, you work your hardest to get the most out of these kids and to get them to, as you said, to be the best version of themselves. And if you accomplish that goal, these guys are, are moving on from you, right? Yeah. Like if, if you're doing your job, these guys aren't staying with you long. They're moving up to the next level and the next level and the next level. And I'm curious for you what that's like when you invest so much in these young men and you get to know them so well, their highs and their lows. And then you know, they, they find something that clicks for them and they're off to a, a new location. What is that like for a minor league manager? Well, I think it's not just for a minor league manager, but it, we're not, I'm not in the baseball business, Dan. I'm in the people business. So right. I, I'm invested in these guys. You know, you, everyone always talks about, well, you know, baseball is a business, but it's not to me. It's very personal. And, and, you know, I, I'm with these players more than my family. So uh, these are my sons, you know, and, and to try to get with each guy and get them to be the best that they can be. You know, I don't try to ever put a label on what that is. You know, it's, it's I just want them to be the best. You know, you, we talked about just a second best version of themselves, you know, and what that means to the big league team. I'll let somebody else decide that. You know, I, it's not my job to put a role or to put a ceiling on somebody. You know, we just try to get each guy to be the best they can be and get them to move up. And what that means for them, let someone else decide that or let, you know, the, the game will, will let them know what that is. But that's the best part of the job is when you get a get a guy, the light bulb turns on and, and, and he figures it out and he goes up and he has success and, and all his dreams come true. You know, that's that's the best thing for us. And that's that's the job, you know, but that's it's not unlike a teacher or not unlike uh, you know, an educator that helps a student, you know, you've had students at the university or uh, professors at the university of Delaware that helped you. And that's, and they want, they want to watch you be successful. So, uh, and that's the part of the job that, that we sign up for. That's the great part. And then, you know, it's, it's frustrating because you want this guy, a guy to figure it out. And then he finally does. And, and he, and he goes and he has success, man. That's awesome. That's, that's, and then they go and win a world series a couple of years ago. Well, that's, that's kind of what we do. And that's why we do it. You know, we don't do it for the money. We do it because we love the game. Obviously we love the game, but the game is the people. The game isn't the game. It's the people within the game. As, as you know, that, that you get to know and you get to root for. And, and that's the part of this game that, that I love is watching these guys go and have success and, and then get married and have children and, you know, be productive members of society or have a long career or not. And then they move on to something else and you still, that relationship matters because that's, that's what we do. And that's why we do it. 
Well, you're one of the guys in this game that I root for, buddy. Uh, truly, you're a great man. You do fantastic work uh, wherever you've been in the Nationals minor league system. Thrilled to see you up at Harrisburg and, and having success and having so much fun. You're such a positive guy. So I love love getting a chance to catch up with you and um, wishing you all the best, man. Congrats on your daughter's graduation coming up at the University of Delaware, our, our shared alma mater. Uh, and she will join us in that club. So uh, wishing you all the best in everything, man. And great, great catching up with you. DK, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It's great talking with you. Stay with us here on the Nats Insider Podcast. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. All right, so we heard from the manager. Of the Harrisburg Senators, let's hear from the broadcast voice now of the Nationals AA affiliate. Terry Byram has been with the Harrisburg Senators as long as the Nationals have been here uh, in D.C. The guy has seen a lot of things in his years out in Harrisburg, calling games, providing media availability, and facilitating so many things over there. Terry does fantastic work, and Nationals fans got to hear his voice a handful of years ago when he filled in on the radio side for our Nats broadcasts on 106.7 The Fan and throughout affiliates in the area. Very cool moment for Terry. So loved catching up with with a guy that has really enjoyed his life in minor league baseball and has done a fantastic job. So let's talk with Terry about this year's Senators roster, some past Senators players that he's gotten to know that have made their way up to the Nats and so much more. Terry Byram, the voice of the Harrisburg Senators. Terry, thanks so much for joining me. How you doing? I'm doing well, and thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, you know, we've kind of known each other from afar for a little while, and uh, you, you I, I mean it sincerely, you've been doing fantastic work out there in Harrisburg, and you've seen a lot of talent come up through uh, the system over the years, and I'd like to pick your brain about that in, the, in a second. But first, I wanted to talk about this year's team, the, the 2022 Senators. Um, we're going to have Trip Keister on the podcast as well to talk about things from his perspective, but wanted to, to hear things from your side of things and just broadly hear what's been going well to start the year. The boys are off to a great start. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's a really good combination of talent this year. And uh, I think a lot of the, I think people that follow the Nationals organization know that the upper levels of the minor leagues don't have uh, the number of prospects that maybe we had here seven or eight years ago. Uh, but now things are things are turning again in the right direction. So we have a few guys here, but they're really surrounded by some, uh, some really good six-year free agents. And then just some guys that maybe uh, don't get all the uh, press uh, about being a prospect, but they're here and they're having success. And in, in my experience, once you're here and you have success, you have a pretty good shot at opening some eyes and having some time in the big leagues. Yeah. Let's talk about those guys, because I think, you know, fans that follow the prospect lists 
um, know about the, the top names and even those that, that aren't too heavy in the prospect scene, know, know the big names, the up and comers throughout the organization. But I love talking about guys that are kind of a little bit more under the radar, but still have a chance to make it up to the big leagues and to make a real impact. So take us through some of those names that you're seeing that probably deserve a little bit more credit than they might be getting. Well, one guy is Jake Alou. And uh, Jake is a left-handed hitting infielder. He plays third and second. I, I would guess if he if he does get to the big leagues, it would be more at second than at third. But definitely a utility type player. He's from New Jersey. Uh, when I was researching about him last year coming here, his college coach just more or less said Jake is Jake's a baseball player. There's there's nothing really that you're gonna that you'll look at and you'll see. Oh, Jake can do this really well or that really well. It's just that he's a baseball player. He went to Boston College. Uh, Jake's 25, so he's still well within an age to to get to the big leagues, and uh, he's done really well this year. And he's hitting a little over 300 and is driven in. He's a guy that will will drive you in one way or the other. He will get a guy in from third base, and if there's guys on second and third, he's a guy that you want up. So I think he's under the radar, but I think he's a guy that it's impossible to ignore him. And he, I'm not sure he's the equal talent level. And the guy I'm going to mention had some pedigree, but Steve Lombardozzi was kind of the same type of guy. Steve Lombardozzi was a baseball player and uh, not really flashy, but he just, he, he kind of an old time guy. And so I, I really like that about Jake Alou. There's another guy that is here for the first time. His name is Justin Connell. He's an outfielder, and Justin is off to a really good start. Uh, I think here, I think our coaches think that Justin has a, a decent shot of getting himself to the big leagues, and he is still on his way up. He hasn't been here before. So he'll be a name that I think people are going to hear as the season goes along. He has a pretty good pop in his bat, and he and he's not a bad outfielder. So I definitely think Justin is uh, Justin, somebody that's going to play himself eventually just play himself to the next level and then play himself to the next level. Terry talking about Jake Alou and you use that term baseball player. I've learned over the years that that is one of the highest compliments that a ball player can receive. And it, it sounds so silly maybe to some people listen. Yeah, they're all baseball players, but within the, the, the world of baseball, if you get that that label attached to you, it means that you're going about things the right way, means that you're playing the game hard. And to your to your description about Steve Lombardozzi, and it sounds like Jake Alou as well, that you're maximizing your talent. You're getting the most out of what you have. And it sounds like Jake is that type of guy. A, a lot of the young guys now, and I, without pigeonholing people, uh, I'm old enough to when I was a kid, we went out with a wolf of ball or a tennis ball or a ball of tape. We went out and played with whatever we could get our hands on, right? And maybe in a front yard or a backyard or at the sandlot, right? And I think that Jake is that that guy. He's kind of a throwback that if he was my age and 50 years ago, we'd have been in the sandlot together. And there, there's a lot of players now that are young and even in the big leagues that that isn't that, you know, they were just so good. They went right to all of the camps and all of the national stuff and uh, and didn't really grind their way up. Right. And I think that Jake is a guy that that has uh, that does that. So he it, it's fun to watch him play. 
Terry, let's go to the pitching side now and and let's hold off on Cole Henry because he's a name that I, I want to dive into in detail. I'm sure that's not a surprise to you, but but take us through some of the other names, maybe some of the uh, a little more under the radar type guys on the pitching side of things that, that have impressed you so far. Well, we definitely have one. He came up last summer, Alex Troop. He's a left-hander. He's 25 years old. Uh, he was uh, went uh, to Michigan State, was a two-way player in college. Uh, Alex is a guy that eats up innings out of the bullpen, can go three or four innings, uh, and just gets people out. And on Alex's side, why he fits under the radar is he's not throwing 95. He's just getting people out and he throws over 90, but it doesn't, it does it's not the wow factor like a lot of players know. And so I think Alex is a guy that eventually, and by eventually, I mean, sometime this season, he'll go to AAA. And then once he's in AAA, if he can keep getting people out like he does now, he'll, I mean, he'll, he will have an opportunity in the big leagues. And I think if he can get himself to the big leagues and pitch like he does here, he'll, he'll get people out there in the, in the big leagues as well. Uh, and he's only 25. So again, uh, he's certainly not too old to be here and not too old to think about still being a contributor to the big leagues. We have a guy that was taken in the minor league phase of the rule five draft by the nationals this last December. His name is Matt Brill and he's 27. And I know sometimes you think, ah, he's 27, but he is uh, six for six in saves has a tremendous curveball, really good fastball, still more of a curveball pitcher than a fastball pitcher. Uh, certainly wouldn't go to the big leagues as a closer, but I think he he's a guy that if he keeps doing what he's doing here, again, that's another guy that maybe goes to AAA. And even at his age, with the way things are going in Washington, frankly, he might have an opportunity later this summer in uh, in Washington as well. Good stuff, Terry. Uh, let's now get to Cole Henry. Um, the, the numbers jump off the page at you through his first few appearances. Take us through, for, for those of us that haven't been able to see him work the way that you have, beyond the numbers, what are you seeing with your eyes? What What is Cole Henry bringing every fifth day that, that gives you um, optimism that he could be a guy at the major league level one day? So the first thing starts with the story, and I haven't talked to Cole about this, uh, but it's in quite a few articles about him that when he was a youngster, eight or nine years old and first starting to play, his dad, who has a background in baseball, would yell at him when he was on the mound. He would just scream at him. And at times he was his, was his coach, so he'd scream at him from the dugout. He'd yell at him from the stands. And the whole purpose of it in reading the articles was just to have Cole focus on, on the catcher and the hitter and not focus on all the other things going on around him. So my first observation is he is visually calm, cool, and collected on the mound well beyond his limited uh, professional experience. I mean, he's just uh, – I, I wish I – w- there's, there's a player every time I watch him that's on the tip of my tongue that I think about that I still haven't grasped yet because – you just have this, I have this sense watching him that he's in complete control, even if maybe his control isn't perfect. He, you just get the sense out of watching him that he knows he can get the hitter out and that he is going to stay in control. And that has, 
with all the pitching that I've watched come through here over the long time that I've been here, uh, that really jumps out to me because I'm not sure even the some of the guys that would just roll off my tongue, I'm not sure they were quite at this point when they were here. And he might be the most, he might be the most collected and just out on the mound, the guy that just has this presence at this point in his career more than anybody that I've I've watched here in person. Mm. I've heard that as well. He's got some poise out there and still just 22 years of age. So, uh, you know, potentially a lot of development left left to go there, but making an early impression at double A, which which is always exciting to hear. Uh, Terry, when was your first year with the the Harrisburg Senators? The first year the Nationals were in Washington. So that's what I thought. So, so yeah. you have seen, you know, so many of the guys that we have seen up here in D.C. come through the minor league ranks. I'm curious just what that's like for you. You must in some way feel like a parent or like someone who who got to know these guys before they were the guy uh, yeah. up here in the majors. That has to be pretty cool for you. It It, it is. And I, I think uh, my, my wife is not really a baseball fan at all now, all these years together. she's She's become one. And mostly it's the Nationals because – of over the years coming here and feeling like she knows them as well since they play here. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of fans in minor league cities feel that way. And certainly I'm get to know them on a different level than that, but it's still fun. Uh, you know, Ryan Zimmerman was really the first one. Uh, well, I mean, there were others, but he was really the first legitimate prospect. He's here in 2005. Then he goes to the big leagues that September and I can recall the first game he pinched hit. I think it was against the Braves. And we're all sitting together in one of the rooms here in our old ballpark. And we're just going nuts because, oh, my gosh, you know, here, here's Ryan. He's on the TV. And he was so young then. And uh, so it, was, it, was, it has been a lot of fun following his career, which makes me feel really old now that he has retired. But uh, it, it is when they went to the – Playoffs the first time, that was fun. When they went to the World Series, going down to those games and knowing that, yeah, there's a lot of guys that now are free agent signees, but there are still, I think there was eight or 10 former Harrisburg Senators on the World Series roster. So it that it is, it's, uh, I guess, I don't know, satisfying sounds so silly since I have nothing to do with any of this, but it is sort of, it, it, there is a satisfying type feeling to it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I totally understand that. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. It, this might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but a guy that you saw at Double A uh, that maybe didn't have the hype, didn't have the expectations, but you knew that they would turn into a quality contributor at the big league level, or could be somebody up here and maybe you were a little early on that and, and they, they delivered upon that. Is there somebody that, that jumps out in your mind? You, you know, Dan, I'm not even trying to be uh, self-deprecating or humble. I would say there are a lot more guys the other way than there are that way where a guy really maybe shocked me. Uh, and, and I thought that's where you're going. And, and I had a guy for that. Who do you I, got? Marco Estrada. Okay. Marco Estrada was here, I think in about 2006, or 2008 and didn't even then didn't really light up the radar gun 
And I, you know, I know he didn't last long in the Nationals organization, but he had a long career yeah. and uh, had has done really well. And then another guy is Blake Trinan. Blake was a starter here, and he was kind of up and down. And now the fact that he's one of the best relievers in the game is it is surprising. Yeah, I don't. I, I it's it's terrible, but I can't. I really can't think of anyone that I thought that maybe the coaches said, Terry, you're out of your mind, right? And uh, what do you see in this guy? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know, Dan, that I that I can think of anybody right now off the top of my head that that I think maybe I watched and I thought, hey, I think this guy has a pretty good shot, where maybe other people other people didn't. I'm not sure I'm that smart. So, All right. Well, we can we can stay in touch in the weeks to come. And when when a name pops into your head, you I be will sure let to, you know. You be sure to let me know. Um, let you know. Terry, final question for you. You know, in Harrisburg, the Senators are a big deal and people love that organization. Um, and you have obviously grown very attached to the organization itself. Um Outside of Harrisburg, you know, minor league baseball is kind of you're waiting for the progression, right? Like you, a guy moves from one stop to the next stop and then the next stop. Um, and so the the attachment to that specific organization maybe isn't as strong from those of us that aren't in the community. Um, to you, what have the Harrisburg Senators come to mean? Uh, what what does the organization and more broadly, the Nationals organization um mean to to you your family and uh how how much it's become a part of your life well i think for me over the years the people that that i've uh, become close with with the nationals so uh doug harris who i know isn't with them anymore uh the managers that came through here so randy nor who is still around tony beasley who's now with the rangers certainly matt lecroy he was here off and on for a long time they so many people make me feel so much a part of the Nationals organization because of traveling with the guys and the things that I do here for them behind the scenes. Uh, so I think going down to Washington and at the World Series, uh, people, people, a whole lot of the minor league people were there and lots of, hey, how you doing? And stop and have chats with people that I haven't seen in a couple of years. And I, that that makes a that makes a difference to me. It's nice to be not necessarily recognized for being on the air, but it's nice to uh, it's nice to know that hey, there are these there are these people, and you make an impression while they're here. Then, as our organization towards the Nationals, I mean, it's impossible not to have uh, kind of a parent child, which is what it is, relationship. So there have probably been some hiccups ups and downs over the years, but all in all, I think it's great for us to be with the Nationals. Number one, and the biggest thing is, unlike a lot of major league teams, and now this has been in the news a lot, the Nationals have tried tried to win every year they've existed. They were behind the eight ball the first few before the learners bought the team, but they, they consistently try to win. So as somebody watching from not so far here, and the players here, that gets noticed. Like even this year, they signed Nelson Cruz. They have a lot of young guys, but they said, look, we're going to do what we can. We're, we're, we're not, this is not a, we're just not going to throw in the towel and pretend 2022 doesn't exist. And I think that, 
I think that resonates. Well, I don't know that Harrisburg will ever be a nationals town because of the length of time, the Orioles and the Phillies and the Pirates. But you do go around town here and there are there is more national stuff. And certainly the people that come to our games attach with the nationals. Uh, no doubt about that. For the same reason I do or my wife does that you brought up. You, you get to see Juan Soto in right field here for three weeks. They know he's the best player in baseball. That's pretty cool, you know. So, uh, yeah. Well, Terry, I, I mean this sincerely. You, you've for a long time now done fantastic work over there in Harrisburg. I appreciate that. And- Thank you. Uh, it was really cool getting to see you, uh, you know, a few years ago, come up and, and get some major league yeah. games under your belt yeah. as well. And um, we truly appreciate all, all that you do over there. And hopefully, you know, you're you're uh, sending some of these guys that we talked about here today our way yeah. in, the, in the months and years to come. We look forward to that, but really appreciate the time and um, all, all that you've done over the years and will continue to do. All right. Thanks, Dan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Tanner Rainey is off to a very strong start to the 2022 season. Has battled injuries over the last couple years, but we've seen the flashes from Tanner that have showed us that he has the ability to be a back-end reliever at the major league level, and specifically a closer. The guy has nasty stuff. Fastball in the mid to upper 90s, slider to go with it. Messes around with a little split finger in the bullpen from time to time, but two-pitch guy in games at the major league level, and both pitches can be lights out. It's been, you know, an interesting road for Tanner. Got traded over to the Nationals from the Reds in the classic Tanner for Tanner trade. Tanner Roark to the Reds. Tanner Rainey coming over here. And Tanner's learned a lot over the last few years, as you'll hear from him, in terms of how he wants to approach pitching velocity-wise mechanically, what he needs to do to keep his body uh, in a good position to hopefully stay healthy and and be able to pitch as much as possible. So really good conversation with the Nationals closer from just a few days ago. We'll play that for you now. Here's the Nats closer, Tanner Rainey. All right, Tanner, uh, you've gotten off to a good start to the season. We've chatted a little bit over the last week or so, but more broadly, what do you think has been going well for you thus far this year? What's put you in a good position? Uh, the biggest thing so far has been uh, obviously limiting the walks. I mean, stay in the zone. Make guys beat you stringing hits together as opposed to putting guys on. And then one or two hits that turns into minimizing damage and makes things a lot easier. So controlling the walks, is that a matter of having better commands, maybe setting your sights more to the middle of the plate and letting the movement kind of take it to the, the corners? Or how do you, what, what has led to the decrease in walks, do you think? A little bit of both. Uh, definitely staying more set up middle of the plate for sure. Uh, try not to move too much because then, I mean, obviously you move to the corner. If you miss it all, you're off the plate. So working maybe thirds as opposed to on the lines. Uh, and then just trying to be more repeatable in the delivery, whether that's dialed back a little bit or working to find a way to get everything moving at the right speed and being able to repeat that every pitch. Yeah, we talked about this recently that you've still got the ability to throw 98, 99, but you're almost happy to live in that 96 sort of velo area if it allows you to be able to repeat your mechanics a little bit more. Talk us through that thought process and maybe it just being a 
kind of evolution of a young pitcher sort of thing and, and realizing who you are and where you need to live and where, where your strengths are. Yeah, I mean, there's not much of a thought process to it other than uh, if you go back and look, 2020 I had a pretty good year and same thing. A lot of the, a lot of my outings were that 96, 97 range. There wasn't a ton of like overthrowing. Yeah, there was times where I would flash 98, 99 here and there, but I would pitch more at 96 and everything felt better under control. And I've had, that was the year of my career with the least amount of walks and to the date, my, uh, my best year so far. Let's talk about the closure role. Um, you've kind of had opportunities to save games in the past, but you haven't been locked in as like the everyday sort of closer. Uh, this is something that you, you told me on the field here uh, earlier on in the homestand is something that you take pride in, that you want to be a big league closer. Um, what's it been like to just have Davey trust you in that role and to be able to deliver when called upon? Oh, it's, it's been great so far. And yeah, I obviously want that role, but still, I mean, to this date, I mean, sixth, seventh inning comes around, I'm down there stretching, moving around, whether it's the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, whenever I get the ball, I still got one job and that's get guys out. When you made, so you started out as a starter, as, as most pitchers do, when you made the move from starter to reliever, um, did you think that the closer role could be one that you could occupy one day? What what were your your goals for moving to the bullpen and, and where you wanted to go with that? But that was the, the goal for sure. Uh, coming out of college, I was a closer. I played first every day, so that's all I did was come in. I would throw one inning and then be done. And I enjoyed the being in there every day or having the possibility of being in there every day as opposed to starter, you're on a five-day rotation. It's you're sitting around for four days, yeah, you watch the game, you can learn things from the game, but you're not in there. You don't have a chance to get into the game. So for me, moving back to the bullpen, obviously back into the bullpen was a goal, but being back in that situation where I had a chance to be in the game every day was big for me. We talked last spring, I believe, about your slider. And um, I'm curious, you know, you, you've got a split that you have messed around with a little bit as well. Has it always been predominantly fastball slider with you, or have you kind of evolved your repertoire over the course of your your pitching career, dating back to college and all that? As long as I can remember pitching, which wasn't long before college, uh, it's always been fastball slider. Mm. And the slider I throw now is the same slider I threw when I was 21 years old in college. Like That's always been the grip. That's always what my thought process was with it, mm-hmm. to throw it. So, I mean, it may have... I think it's better now than it was then, mm-hmm. more consistent at least. Uh, but as far as what I think and how I hold it and how I go about everything with it, that's all the same as far as I can remember back. When you've been healthy, you've been good at, at the major league level. You've dealt over the last couple of years with some various health things. How did you approach this year from a, a physical standpoint to put yourself in a position where you can hopefully go a full year, not have any of the blips, and you know post every day? I went to, uh, I was in PT for the last two months of the off season mm. with no injuries, just just in PT, making sure everything was strong, ready to go, mm. making sure that there was no hiccups as soon as I got into spring. I was a little slower building up uh, this year. I came in a little bit behind where I actually thought I would be, but at the same time, I wasn't trying to push it with the lockout and everything going on. I didn't want to have to ramp up too fast and knowing three weeks would be enough to get pretty close to where I needed to be and it all worked out and healthy so far. Hope it stays that way. Same. Yeah. Keep going, Tanner. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Nats Insider Podcast this week. My thanks to Trip Keister, Terry Byram, and Tanner Rainey. Look forward to 
doing these throughout the rest of the season, getting in some minor league angles, talking with some broadcasters, some coaches, get you some minor league players as well as we continue to cover the big league roster up here with the Nats. Have a great week, everybody. Go big or go home.